Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Miami Marlins have postponed all their games until Monday as 17 players and members of their team have COVID-19. What does this mean for baseball's ability to bring the season to a conclusion? And what lessons can the NFL learn from this? Or is this just the start of shutting down some sports? We'll talk about all that and more with Tom Jones, my former radio partner and longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Verstick. Hey, folks, uh, you want to talk a little Bucks football? Well, you got to be with us uh, later this evening. Myself, Eduardo Encina, um, John Romano, the columnist, of course, for the Tampa Bay Times, and Mark Katchis, our executive sports editor. Tonight from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m., here's what you do. If you're a subscriber or a donor, you can join us for a live video chat. That's on tampabay.com. You can submit your questions now or during the show. So check us out, 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. tonight for subscribers and donors on a live video chat on tampabay.com. All right, Tom Jones joins us now. And, uh, Tom, you know, the the news in, in sports is not really that encouraging. I mean, we've got baseball season going on. Football um, is beginning training camp. Some players are testing positive on the way in. They're going on the COVID list. Of course, the NBA is getting ready to start. So is the NHL. Those two leagues are in a bubble. However, the big story has been the Miami Marlins had to essentially be shut down because they now have it's now 17 members of their organization that um, has tested positive for COVID. So, uh, you know, this apparently began uh, maybe when a player, you know, stepped out <laughs> in Atlanta. Uh, and and it quickly spread to his team and 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 you know who also is afraid uh, are are the Washington Nationals who did not you know want to travel uh, to Miami and you can't really blame them for that so you know baseball for all the 103 pages whatever it was of, of protocols that they had Tom they there was nothing addressed about how many players what do you do if a team just simply has too many positive tests to play. Yeah, and this is something that we talked about a couple of weeks ago on a podcast that did sort of the old Mike Tyson line, everybody has a plan to yeah. get hit in the mouth. Well, baseball, Major League Baseball got hit in the mouth. Everybody has a plan for how to start these seasons. How do mm-hmm. we finish them? And, Rick, I think the mistake was made before they even started this thing. And the mistake being is I think they really needed to try to figure this thing out in a bubble. And I think that if this is going to work, it has to be. Now, we could look at this and say it's one team. One team, big outbreak. No other teams have had even, I believe, no other teams have have had even uh, one since since. Well, I guess that's not true either because Austin Meadows is out, right? And mm-hmm. we have some other players who've been affected, but but no team has been wiped out like the Marlins. And so uh, maybe it's just a, a one in one team. However, Rick, I just did, are we surprised by this? When when this came out the other day, when you heard about this, were you at all surprised? 
No, I wasn't. And and the thing is, is that um, I don't think it's a one-off. I think it's inevitable that this is going to be more of the norm. And I, I say that because they're going to start, and, and Bob Costas, I'm going to borrow a line from him. I mean, what, what baseball is going to do is start playing whack-a-mole. Um, one's going to pop up here, one's going to pop up there. And the reason is that, you know, can you really trust, um, you know, 30 guys, 40 guys, the traveling parties, whoever's with these teams, for as much travel, you know, baseball is not that kind of sport that even football might have some advantages. They just play once a week. But you're going into the cities for two and three three days at a time. Um, it only takes one player, you know, to get out of line as it did probably with, you know, the Miami Marlins. It's not even getting out of line, Rick. I read a tweet the other day from a, uh, from a baseball writer who was saying that they were talking to some managers who are in hotels on the road, like these nice hotels. We go to those nice hotels. Yeah, of course. And there's typically weddings and stuff on the weekend. There were weddings with With people not practicing social distancing and hugging and doing all this stuff. So it's not even like the players are, you know, they could merely be walking to their hotel room, pressing elevator keys and getting getting this thing. Well, I mean, I I suppose that's true. I mean, I don't know about the contract, you know, the contact versus airborne and all that. So is you saying it's wedding season? (laughs) There we go. Always comes back to that. Um, but yeah, Just, no. By the I, way, excuse me, real quick. Did you see that story? I said it to you a couple of weeks ago. I sent you a story about the uh, football scene in, in, the, in uh, Wedding I did. Crashers. I it's, did. It's, it was tremendous. Yeah, I wish I could remember. I think it was on The Ringer. So if people listen to it and you love mm-hmm. that movie, just look up The Ringer, Wedding Singer, or uh, Wedding Crashers, and uh, they go over the football scene. And how it was done, it's tremendous. Anyway, sorry. Which which is basically um, the setup of the rest of the movie where, you know, one guy will take a bullet for another guy for a bud. Right. you and know. the wingman mm. and one guy leaves the yeah. other guy behind because he's after the girl. It's tremendous. Yeah. Tremendous throw, story. throw an interception. What are you kidding but me? Anyway. Get Rena here. But anyway. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, when, when when you saw this, you I mean, you couldn't have been surprised. No, no I, I, was, I wasn't really surprised. And, and like, I, like you said, I mean, you can get this, you know, COVID is, is, is everywhere, but it's particularly, you know, um, on fire in Florida and Texas and different states like that. So um, you can see why why teams uh, would be leery of, of going into those environments, whether it's hotels or, or, or what have you. Um, you know, Davey Martinez, who has a heart condition, I guess, um, you know, he, he yep. said he was scared. And, and, and I get that. I mean, I think everybody should be a little bit scared. But it's just, you know, hope is not a plan. I mean, this is the thing is that, like, they, they hoped that, you know, by testing these guys um, that, you know, once the season started and they were out and about, um, that they would do the right things and, and, and you know, and, and maybe they do do the right things and, and they still come in contact with it. But there was never a stated plan for how many cases before we shut a team down and how many weeks do we shut them down for. And, you know, um, like, for example, I mean, like in football, or I'm sorry, in baseball, you already have Toronto playing in Buffalo because they don't want them in Canada. Right. Right. So, is it are we that far from the Marlins having to go to another city to play well, and play their schedule? Now? Who wants well, them? Well, well, I mean, once you know, once the the, the danger right. has passed, I'm just saying. I guess, like, but I, I mean, know, I, it's, in other words, is, you take them out of South Florida, right, and and go somewhere, hopefully, where there's there are fewer incidents of cases or something. I mean, where's this headed? And I just think there's going to be more teams. There's, there's it's inevitable. Right. There's going to be. It's inevitable. There's going to be more teams, and and. For now, I mean, I think there's the appropriate outrage and the appropriate throwing up our hands saying, what are we doing or how are you going to fix this? And it's the Marlins. And I get it. And I've seen that, you know, out there. Well, well, it's just the Marlins. Who cares? You know, 
get rid of the well, What if it were the doing. Yankees? That's exactly right. What if it's the Yankees? What if it's the Dodgers? What if it's the Astros? Mm-hmm. It would. Be, I mean, at that point, when you're talking about a team that's a contender, mm-hmm. and we're, we know all the players, and yeah, I mean, as it is now, the Yankees are, are postponing games because they can't play. W- what do we do when we get behind? Now the Marlins aren't going to play for a week. Yeah. I mean, what? And then what? How are they going to catch up? I don't understand. I'm going to catch up. I'm well, they may not. I mean, the thing is, you can only play so many double headers. You have 66 days, and or six, yeah, 60, 66 days to play 60 games or something like that. So, I mean, I there there have been seasons. And the last one I saw when I was looking online was like 1972, where a team didn't play as many games as as a team that won the division, and they ended up finishing, you know, a half a game behind or something like that. I mean, it, you're going to have to go with percentages. You can't you can't mandate that every team will play that you'd like to, but you can't guarantee that you're going to be able to get you know a, a full 60 game season in for each club. And that's the thing, um, you know. You've got teams already affected. The schedule is already changing because they don't want to go into Miami. Um, you know, uh, where is it stated? I'll I'll extend this to the NFL. Yeah, exactly. Because the NFL is in a similar situation in that they're not in a bubble either, and nor did they attempt it. And I think it's a little different than baseball in this sense that you're talking about far more players, okay? And there are injuries, you know, forget COVID. There, there, there's plenty of injuries in football where – if you had a bubble, you'd still have to bring guys from the outside into that bubble, right? You can only mm-hmm. have so big a practice squad and so on and so forth that um, you're going to get guy, have guys get hurt anyway. You might, you know, some teams, some years, guys said there's 20 guys on the injured reserve list, and so um, it, it would be more difficult to bring people from the outside. That's not the idea of a bubble. So what they have is kind of an ecosystem where you know um, they're all tested, they have to be responsible to each other, and only supposedly, um, you know, deal with their immediate family. Um, there's a bunch of lists uh, of things you can't do. And if, if, you know, you go to a party with more than 10 people and you get COVID, they're not going to pay you. I mean, so there's a financial uh, stake that those guys have. But the, the bigger thing is that, um, you know, the travel isn't as bad. I, I get all that. But, Tom, you're telling me on a National League football, a National Football League team, where you have a bunch of uh, 22, 23-year-olds right out of college who now have time and money. It's great to say the married guys are going to go home, take care of their wives and their children, and, and be real careful, right? But do we really think that on a, on a Saturday night uh, or, or a weekend or, or during the week at night that these guys aren't going to be go looking for some kind of companionship somewhere or hang out with a bunch of friends and that, that they're always going to do the right thing for, for four straight months? Well, I mean, not only I, that, I think Rick, there's no way. I don't think there's any way, but I also don't think it's going to require people doing the wrong thing for them to get COVID. No, I think, it probably won't. It probably I mean, won't. I, I, I'm pretty look throughout this whole thing. I've been incredibly. No, I haven't gotten it. Fortunately, I've been pretty mm-hmm. responsible, but I still go to Publix. Sure, I've got my hair cut once. Right. In this, I'll go on. I go to you know. I go through a drive through a Chick Fil A. I go to. I've gone right. out to and picked up dinner from places and brought it yeah. back home. Right. Like I don't know that I'm not. You know, well, those families still have to get have to get groceries somehow. They've still that's got what to go I'm places. saying. Like yeah. these people are doing things that are that are mm-hmm. not they're not doing the wrong thing. I'm not I'm not saying like, oh, the, the, you know, the players have it coming because somebody went out to a strip club. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what we're saying. I I think you can get it and legitimately be trying to do the right things. You know, yeah. You and, go to church, for example, and do right, it. Right, or whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, even if, like I said, there are there are essential things that you need to do. You need to put gas in your car. You right. know, and who knows you who you're coming across, you know, at, at a gas station or whatever. 
I'm just saying that I don't think that there's that we can reasonably expect out of every team sending a hundred people on the road for sixteen yeah. weeks that it's not going we're not going to have a massive outbreak. And here's the other thing, Rick, and I know you've talked a little bit about this, and it came up. You were talking about it on Twitter. And I, I don't mean to get too political here, but look, the Republicans canceled a convention in Florida. Yeah. It, now, which means, I mean, look, and, they, and they've been pushing the, and when I say they, I mean, obviously, the, that that party has been pushing the envelope a little bit in terms of reopening the country. And even they see the danger in Florida of saying, yeah, maybe not the right idea to go to Florida and have a convention. You're going to try to tell me now that we're going to have a Super Bowl in Tampa? Right. In February? Are you serious? Well, I, yeah, this came up in uh, Peter King's column, um, and money, you know his NBC column. He used to do Monday Morning Quarterback. But basically, what he said was, um, and his fairly good sources in the league, he said, "Look, we're about eight weeks away." Which in today's time, that's like a hundred years. But we're about eight weeks away from the NFL. If things don't, if the trajectory in, in the state of Florida doesn't change dramatically, where the NFL has to say, "We got to move that game." Uh, that's pretty done. It's one thing, you know, they've lost, you know, uh, NCAA tournaments and, you know, WWE and, 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 and some fairly serious events, you know, during this pandemic. But it's not an easy thing to move a Super Bowl, but they would do it because I think I think what the NFL's plan is to play that game with fans. Uh, I don't think they're necessarily interested. Now, they may not in, at the end of the day, but, um, you know, the thing that the NFL is going to do, and, and, and again, they don't have – they don't have protocols for this. Like how many cases if an entire uh, offensive line is got COVID on a certain team and there's 12 players with COVID, say, what's the number where they cancel the game? Right. Right? And if it's just one team um, and they can reschedule that one, what if there's three teams that are in that position one week? Are they just are they, are they canceling the entire week and playing less games? I mean, I think the, the notion of playing – a 16-game season is just doesn't seem possible to me. I think there's going to be, you know, at, at minimum, um, you know, weeks moved, games moved, makeup games having to be played, what have you. And if they come up with 16 games, I'll be shocked in the regular season. You know, but it's like you said, it seems like you almost stumbled on a really good idea here, Rick, that if we're going to try to do this, and clearly it's, you know, all systems go starting yeah. next week. It would seem to make sense of like, okay, let's let's not play sixteen. Let's play twelve. Let's play twelve games, and and yet but play which that twelve, out. which weeks? You well, know what I'm saying? that so, will determine as we go along if some if there's a problem. In other words, you give yourself about six weeks of wiggle room here. That we but they we got have to, levers to pull where they'll do just that. I think. I mean, the way the schedule was constructed, they can move week one to the end of the year. There are uh, in in one week, everybody that plays each other has the same bye week. Um, you know, they can they can. Because the first two weeks are home and away, home and away, they can pull levers and, you know, it wouldn't affect the standings in terms of how many home games versus road games, division games versus non-division games. They have these levers and the ability to pull them. What I'm wondering is, would they do it for the entire league that week and play fewer games? Or would, you know, do they have the ability to say, okay, you know, Jacksonville and Tennessee couldn't play this week, but we're going to have those two teams play on their bye weeks if, if that's even possible. I, I don't know. And this is the thing. Not, it's not, you know, for all the things they've stated, what they haven't stated is we're kind of going to make this up as we go. And that's that's the world that baseball and the NFL finds themselves in, you know, because they don't have a plan, um, you know, for what's going to happen down the road. They don't know. 
you know, how many players, I mean, they, they've added to the practice squads. They've, they've, you know, created in baseball, you know, um, bigger rosters and, and the ability to pull from these pools. But really, you know, look at the Marlins, right? I mean, was there anything that would, that would indicate going into this season that, yeah, you know, that's too many cases or we can't have a team come to your, your city because there's too many cases. I mean, this is all sort of a, like Bob Costa said, it's, it's sort of a game of whack-a-mole right now. Yeah, no, and that's that's the whole that's the whole problem is I think that they went in and you said it a minute ago, their plan was hope. Let's yeah. let's hope that nobody gets it. And then once somebody did, they look like they have no clue on what to do next. And I think and Rick, you deal with this every day now with the NFL. I mean, it, it's clear to me at least looking from the outside and, and and I'd like to hear your thoughts on it, but it feels like the NFL players are sort of asking the league, like, what are we doing here? Like, what's yeah. the plan here? What's the protocol? It seems to me like the NFL players are not 100% confident that this is going to work. Well, there's been a lot of opt-outs. I'll tell you that. Uh, I was asked uh, this morning, I was on a, a show, a radio show, and and, uh, and they seem surprised that there would be. But I, I think there's going to be, at minimum, several per team. I, I don't, you know, w- will there be, you know, 60 players? I, I don't know. I don't know the number. Um, there's been, I think, five with the New England Patriots, right, already. Um, you know, Donovan Smith raised, this, raised, raised the subject a couple of weeks ago about well, whether Dan, he what, thought. Uh, Danny, Danny Vitale, right, the old. Uh, Danny Vitale, former Buck. Former uh, Buck, who's yeah. married to Kaylee Chelios from the there you go. broadcast. He just yeah. had a baby. They just had a baby. That's right. He opted out. And look, that's not a superstar. That's not a guy who's like. No. That's We're not talking about uh, Drew Brees here. We're not talking about a. a Tom Brady. We're not talking about a guy who's like, oh, wow, he can afford it. He can right. walk. Danny Vitale's a border, you know, with all due respect, he's a borderline player. Yeah, I mean, he's a fullback, and the league doesn't have too many fullbacks anymore. Right. I mean, he's, yeah. he's not It's not a guy who's guaranteed to play the next 10 years. In the no, league. no. And guys like that are pulling out. So Yeah. And, and I think they're doing it as much for their families and the concern for their families as they are for themselves, you know. And there's no, there, you know, you can't. You can't fault them. You can't say, "Oh, this guy's soft." I mean, I see these right. comments sometimes oh, with these these you know Twitter heroes that um, you know just want to root for their team, and they could give a you know a damn. They don't see these guys as as human beings. They just see them as as you know somebody that's there to entertain them. Um, but you know, I was talking to Bruce Arians, and he goes, "Look, I, I'm not going to blame any player. You know, they have to do what they feel is right for themselves and for their family, and we'll move on." And that's the nature of football, right? It's next man up. You know, you kind of, you kind of live that anyway. And I guess you could sort of convince yourself that that's the case a little bit with COVID. If guys opt out, but what if guys get really sick? And and I just keep coming back to you know. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile. slash switch. Upfront payment of forty five dollars, equivalent to fifteen dollars per month, unlimited over forty gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active Mint customers by five thirty one twenty four get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May thirty first, twenty twenty four. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. What's going to be the appetite, Tom? With this many athletes playing in in this pandemic, and there are guys and people we know that we don't know personally, but you see stories all the time that no underlying conditions didn't know that they were had anything that would affect them this way, and some of them get very sick, and some of them even, even die. 
mm-hmm. and I'm still thinking about you know just the pure numbers and the infection rates and the hospitalization rates. Um, Freddie Freeman, who we were talking about before we came on the air, he got very sick and was very worried. He was running 105 fever at one point, um, and it was scary for him. So, you know, we we don't know what we don't know, and I guess the larger question, and it is a business, and, and it's our business, but the larger question is, like, is it an essential business, right? Um, you know, is this more like, you know, we close gyms, we close bars, we close different things, should sports be operating even without fans in, in the stands? Right. And to extend, let me, to, well, I want to say two things first. First, like the NFL, guys, guys can opt out. I get all that. And, mm-hmm. and that's, and I, I, anybody who wants to, I'm fully supportive of that. The, we've talked about this before too, Rick. The kids that I feel bad about are college football players because they, right. as much as we can sit there and say, oh, you don't have to play if you don't want to, it's, they're in a much different position. They, it almost feels like we're making them play. If they're going to play, we're going to make them play. And there's, and I'm, I just find it appalling that some of these schools are asking players to sign waivers, basically admitting, "Hey, we're trying to make a lot of money here off of you guys, but it's risky. So, so you don't sue us. Can you sign this waiver and then come play for us?" Like that's to me is just, just appalling. Um, but the other part, and I want to get into this a little bit too, Rick, because I. I've seen this a few times, and I and you're the perfect one to address this, is that while you and I, and I think you and I have been on the same page, or at least from the beginning, I've been like, what are we doing? This sounds crazy. Like, why are we playing sports? I've never felt like it was a good idea to do okay. this. Okay, let me just say, <laughs> I have not been, I've not been on that on that uh, hamster wheel with you. No, I, no, not, but I mean, no, you, but no, you've <laughs> been kinda, on the. But what, I jump you, on and off. I'm that I'm that hamster that jumps on and off. I'm not just you know. No, but I mean, not that you. And this is what I want to get to. It's it's not that you've rooted for no. sports to shut down or advocate, no, no, no. but no. we brought up this sounds like a bad idea or what are we going to do to make sure right. this is safe? And that are is safe. we, are, do we have the appetite for what if this, what if right. that? Exactly. And here mm-hmm. are, here are some of the pitfalls that everybody should worry about. Yes. But there is also this narrative and it came up on Twitter the other day with mm-hmm. Kyle Brandt, who's who I, I don't know Kyle Brandt. You know him a little bit, I think, right? He's Love a, Kyle Brandt. Used to be my producer. A great guy. <laughs> He's uh, he's on NFL Network. Good guy. Yeah, seems like a good guy. He's a really great. Thing he's I hear about him, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's really And good. he had a tweet that went out there. And I don't, I don't know that it came off exact. Maybe it did. Maybe it came off exactly the way he wanted to. But when the Marlins thing happened on Monday, and, mm-hmm. and we all realized, okay, a bunch of guys are coming out with it, everybody immediately turned to football. And yes. the attitude was, wait a minute. The Major League Baseball couldn't couldn't get through a week, and it's a non-contact sports. How yeah. are the NFL going to plan to get through sixteen weeks with contact and a hundred people traveling all over the country? Blah blah blah. And his sort of take on it was: there are people out there in the NFL media who are almost almost rooting. That's what he said. Almost see, rooting yeah. for this thing mm-hmm. to to go south so that the league so that the league is canceled. And so, Rick, as a member of the NFL media, are you rooting for this thing? <laughs> To get canceled? Post-work Hell no. Yeah. As somebody who has a mortgage and, and three children and two that are still at home and a wife, uh, I'm, I'm rooting to, you know, to buy groceries. And this is how we feed our families. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine anybody in sports whose livelihood is somehow connected to this business, which ours is clearly, um, you know, wanting, wanting it to stop. 
not not the least of which is like we got into this business probably because we had a little bit of uh, interest in the games themselves or in the sports. We we we, we like sports. Um, we see a value in it, and and obviously during these times it, it's a welcome distraction. Um, it's a signal that life can get back to normal. You can actually, you know, in the beginning of the, of your day, plan to watch a Rays game at night or a Bucks game on a Sunday or the NBA playoffs or whatever's coming up with the NHL. And so it, it makes you feel like you have some control again, right? This is what we've lost. We've lost the ability to, to know what tomorrow is going to bring. And, and we can't plan weddings. We can't plan vacations. We can't plan anything. And in some instances, we can't even plan funerals um, that we can go to. So, uh, you know, I can't fathom that anybody in sports is rooting for sports to to not happen. Um, I think it's just the opposite. You know, we we close our eyes and and try to dream of a day that used to be when when you know stadiums were full and you could travel to games and and uh, you, you know you knew you knew your whole schedule. The schedule came out in April and you knew where you're going to be on October fifteenth. Uh, you know, at three p.m. on a Saturday mm-hmm. or a Sunday, and so. Um, it's just the opposite. So that was a bad, I thought, you know, I'll say this was a bad take by Kyle. I thought, I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. I think you can both question, um, you know, the wisdom, uh, or maybe the importance of sports during a pandemic, the risk reward of that. Um, and, and still, you know, and, and obviously still hope that, that these games can be played safely. I, it doesn't mean that you're rooting, have a rooting interest one way or the other. Certainly not that it would fail. That, that that doesn't make sense to me. No, because then, I mean, if it fails, that means people are getting sick and in worst case scenarios, dying. My, yeah. and I'm the perfect example of the person you just mentioned, Rick, where it's not mutually exclusive. I have been right from the start and you can go back and listen to other yeah. podcasts I've been you on have with said you. It. Yeah. I said, this is a bad idea. I thought, I thought all yeah. sports, I just don't know why we're doing this. And I get yeah. it. I get the the economics of it. I right. get the, the psyche, the psychology, the... Right, it's good for the country. I get that, and there are a mm-hmm. lot of people who do make a living. Friends of mine, you're a friend of mine. I want you to keep working. And thanks, Tom. <laughs> um, just yeah, just because I don't work in the sports department anymore doesn't mean that I'm not that I that I don't care about what happens to sports. And yet, at the same time, as much as I think this is a bad idea, I can tell you, I've watched every pitch of the Rays season, every pitch, and I watched games all day Saturday, and I've watched golf when it's been on, and I've watched. NASCAR, even though I'm not a big NASCAR fan, I've watched everything. Mm-hmm. And I, and look, I I found out early on in this pandemic that I can live without sports. I was fine. I could. I read. I looked. I watched other shows. I played Stratomatic baseball. I did. I watched videos on YouTube. I got through it, and I can continue to get through it. But I for did how it. long? Could, for how well, long yeah, could you? Maybe get I could it? because I knew that it was like there. I yeah, would like to think there's a light at the end sometime, of the tunnel. Right, yeah, right. That this wasn't permanent. At the same time, like I said, though, after all this, I've watched these games. I mm-hmm. I've enjoyed, and it's weird without fans, and I get all that. But it's been fun. I've enjoyed watching the race so far this season. Yeah, and, and they're you know, they're and yet good. I think it's a bad idea that they're playing. <laughs> so that it, but no one's rooting for this thing to go south. And I, and I know a lot of people believe it. They, well, that, you know, the media doesn't want Trump reelected or the, uh, we, you know, this coronavirus needs to get as bad as it possibly can. So the country gets as bad as it possibly can. So that Trump gets out of the white house. Like, no, no. 
we want to watch sports. I want to watch sports too. I just don't want anybody to die. I just don't want anybody getting sick. Right. And when, and I mean, at this point you probably know someone, Tom, I know I do who has been very sick, uh, um, or, or in, in some instances, a friend, uh, who may have lost a loved one over coronavirus. I mean, that's the sort of, that's the sort of number of cases we're talking about here, particularly in Florida, but just nationwide. So hundred, almost 150,000 dead, um, I know, know this has been brought up, Rick, but it's to me, man, this is the craziest. <laughs> I, I, you, you've had the flu, right? The regular flu. Like yeah, influenza. sure. Oh, yeah. Like everybody who's ever had the flu has had the same symptoms. Like you get the flu mm-hmm. and you feel like dog crap for four mm-hmm. days. Yeah. And then you, you know, eventually you get better. But for those four days, no one, no one ever gets the flu and say, oh, I had the flu. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> you know, nobody saw, nobody says that. It's like when you get the flu, you're really sick. I'll tell this you something thing. else about the flu. You know, something else about the flu is what? most times you know where you got it. You know why? Because you can only get it if somebody is having symptoms. Right, right. So, you know, with this virus, someone can be asymptomatic and shed the virus to you, and that's the part that no one. You know, I've heard people liken it. Well, the more the flu kills more people. Listen, you know, you know who has the flu, or you can trace who has the flu. You know, we've gotten to a point now in this country where, you know, there's so many people with this virus that it's, it's untraceable at this point. Which well, is so weird to so me high. that that when you have influenza, the flu, yeah, that everybody feels the same. But when this thing, I have a buddy, mm-hmm. I have a neighbor of mine. I he had it. I said, "How do you feel? Like it's fine. Yeah, I, no yeah, symptoms I, at all. I, I couldn't smell anything for two days. That was it. Right. That's all I knew. Right. It can and be it, severe or as mild. Or you as die, or you run a ventilator and die. That's well, and that, that's the crazy. scary part, right? It's 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 a there's a Russian roulette type feel. Is that you know, many people who had no underlying conditions at all got the virus and either discovered that they did have something they were unaware of, either cardiovascular or. A diabetes or, or something that, that they were, you know, carrying around that, that this virus, you know, just attacked and, and, and they couldn't fight it off. They're immune, they were immune compromised and didn't know it. Um, and then there are others that say, no, they didn't have anything and they still couldn't fight it off. So you, you really don't, you know, you hope for, you hope to be the person that says, well, I had it and, and I had a headache or I ran a fever of 99.8, but I, that's really was it for two days. Right. And you hope that, that we don't find out 10 years from now the that there were other things that came sure. along with this that somehow impacted for years to come. But, right. Rick, I, I'm just, at this point with the football season, I'm just, I think the NFL is going to try its best. I think they have, I think there's a, a plan in place that if everything goes perfectly, it can, they can pull it off. But I, I still think the NBA and the NHL have a real chance here just because they're playing inside bubbles. And if you're not inside a bubble, I think that there's going to be I think there's going to be problems. Yeah, I do too. And I think you have a lot of, uh, like we talked with the NFL, you have a lot, lot of bo- large body mass people, um, you know, that are black, Hispanic, Asian, Pacific, um, you know, underlying issues with sleep apnea. I mean, I know these guys. I know what they have to do to maintain 300 pounds. And, and like I said, um, even though they'll be tested, the results aren't coming back the same day, Tom. And that's the scary part for some of these players is that they're tested, maybe they're asymptomatic, maybe they're shedding a virus to their teammates, and then it comes back two days later, and it's like, oh, okay, you know, I did have it. And and then everybody they've been in contact with, well, in football, when you're leaning on each other, when you're sweating on each other every play, uh, yeah, you're in contact literally with a lot of players. And that's the part I don't get. I don't, I don't know how they're going to – 
you know, sort of decide um, who goes home, who stays, uh, whether we're shutting down in a team. And God forbid, again, there's some high, high risk groups, you know, in the National Football League. I think football is different than any other sport. And you're right. College football, same thing. Only kids that, that aren't professionals and they want them to, you know, to sign waivers and things like this. I really have, of all the sports, Tom, I think college football has the biggest problem. Yes, I agree, because I think you're dealing with a community that's certainly more sociable than yeah. than older adults are. Um, you're dealing with a lot of people. You're dealing with a... a, a and who knows what's going to happen with some of these schools if they if they actually have on campus learning, and I guess a lot of them won't. Mm-hmm. But if they do, now you're talking about really socializing with you know thousands upon thousands of people, and traveling. I just I just don't see a scenario in which the, the college football can pull it off. Somebody said the other day it's it's eventually going to come down to someone's going to have to make a call on this, Rick, and I think it's probably going to be the SEC because I think. I think the SC, whatever the SEC does, everybody's going to follow oh, suit. Come know? on. Now, <laughs> stop right there. Do you really think that anybody in the SEC is going to say we ain't playing this year? Or well, we're not at some playing point, no, I don't. But at some point, someone's got to say, you got to swallow hard and say, we're Who? taking a big risk. Like, and it's got to be a commissioner. I mean, somebody might die. You know here. what they'll do if, say, a team like Missouri or Vanderbilt says, yeah, we just don't think it's safe for our players? They'll play the SEC without Missouri and Vanderbilt that year. Oh yeah, they become the Miami Marlins. Like, Absolutely. who cares at that point? Right. But exactly. That, but at some point, somebody's going to have to have to sign off and say, "Yeah, we're going to take the risk." And then something's going to—you know—something is going to go wrong. It's just how wrong is is the wrong, and can we yeah. live with that? I watched that. St- I don't know if you saw the thing HBO Real Sports did on on college football coming back. And if I'm a, if I was a parent of yeah. a kid. I'd be petrified to send my kid off to play college mm-hmm. football this year. And look, I don't blame the kid. You can't sit there and say, well, if he doesn't feel comfortable playing, don't play. Well, it's not that simple. How do you feel about high schools? Oh, same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I mean, we're having – they had – that's the ultimate, Rick. <laughs> the Florida High School Activities Association had a Zoom meeting. They can't meet in person. Because yeah. it's not safe. But they're talking about getting athletes together and playing football. And playing football. Seriously? Or playing volleyball. Mm-hmm. Standing on a net and spiking a ball in each other's faces. Yeah. Like, that is insanity to me. And, again, for what? I get it. And there are kids. If I, well, if I was me. a senior in high school, I mean, yeah. I feel bad for these seniors in high school. Did a, Was there a possibility a kid could have gotten drafted this year? And didn't get Absolutely. drafted because he didn't. They only play had high five school. rounds, Tom. They only right. had five rounds. I'll go one step further. If I had been, and I've said this on the podcast, um, if I had been, you know, class of two thousand and twenty, instead of what I was, then my senior year is what got me a scholarship to a junior college, which then got me a scholarship to Arkansas State. I had to have a great senior year. Right. Without it, I'm not going to college. My parents aren't going to afford it. I right? guarantee there. My, whole, they're my kids. whole life is different because I had an opportunity to play my senior year and did well. I guarantee there are kids out there who who are in who are in the either in the majors now, not kids but men, yeah. who are in the majors or playing in the NFL, who were basically unheard of coming out of their junior no year doubt. high school, no doubt, and became stars in their senior year Absolutely. and then developed in college and then became 
Absolutely. Stars in the in the NFL. Are and now, like, let's say you were a junior and you were affected by the end of last year, no, no guarantee you play this fall or in the spring if you do something in the spring and you maybe miss two years. It's tragic. It really is. I, I, I'm telling you, this this group of young people that are going to have to, you know, be part of history and and tell their great grandchildren or grandchildren that they lived through a hundred year pandemic are going to have, um, you know, a lot of hardships that that they'll look back on, and they're going to they're gonna, they're already being very resilient. But um, give me some hope because uh, you're doom, I'm gloom at this point. I mean, I, I well, I the hope it. is Rick is that um, I think the hope is. Let's see what the NBA does. Let's see what the NHL does. Mm-hmm. I mean, so far the signs are good. By the time we're, we're taping this, but those are those are tournaments. They're not, you know. They're, I mean, the NHL no, but the, is two the, months. Just the plan of having sort of a bubble, a bubble. having a hub yeah. where people go in and out and they're testing. But you can't regularly. do that with every sport. You can't. Can you not? Can you? Can you no, not? No. Why not? Why? Why could they have done Name this with the, baseball? Why couldn't they have done this? Well, way? I mean, I don't well, think football would be harder. I mean, Foot, football is harder because, like I told you, like you can't put 200 people or 150 people in a bubble for too much because you're going to have natural injuries through the game. And then at some point, you're going to have to bring somebody in from the outside that's not in that bubble unless they have this this big pool of players that are assigned to teams when they get injured. I don't know. Um, you'd have to reconstruct the entire league and. I don't know that it's practical, Tom, to to expect. I mean, I'm frankly shocked that the NBA players, uh, all but one maybe, um, have agreed to stay at Disney and away from their families as long as they have already. I really am. Well, I'm, and that, I'm surprised that's the by biggest that. reason why baseball and football couldn't do this is it's the time away from families. I mean, yeah. the, the NHL just went to Toronto on Sunday. Mm-hmm. In two weeks, eight teams go home. In two weeks after that, another eight go home, and you're that's down. Right. You're down to four teams. In a month, and, and they're so, pursuing a Stanley Cup. And those, yeah, and those happy four to, are yeah, really happy playing to continue. For yeah. yeah, yeah, or you're down to eight teams in a month. So right, right. It's not it's not the whole league that's away from their families for two, three, four months. It's right eight teams that is going to be more than a month. And and then the NHL is letting families come in by the time you get to the conference finals when you're down to mm-hmm. four teams. So you know, at most, you're away from your family at six weeks for that. To do a regular right. season that way is almost impossible for baseball and football because you don't have that attrition. And, and, and basketball and hockey didn't even take all the teams. I mean, they lopped some teams off before they even started. Right. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a easily – like I said, there, there is a, a more questions than answers, and, and hope is not a strategy. But in many cases, that's, that's where we're at. And if you can't solve it nationally, I don't know how you solve it you know, in sport. I think they, they kind of go hand in glove, if you will, and – um, we certainly haven't tackled this thing uh, as a state in, in Florida or or as a nation. So we're going to continue to to follow it, and you know, hopefully, uh, brighter days are ahead for the Marlins. And uh, certainly, uh, we'll get into the Rays and the Lightning and the Bucks uh, uh, on tomorrow's podcast a little bit about the actual teams themselves. But hang in there, folks. Tom Nostra Thomas has told you that this was going to happen, and by gosh, <laughs> I wish it's I was starting wrong. To come true. I know I you're never wrong. R- 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 wrong. thanks Tommy we'll talk to you tomorrow sounds good all right my thanks to Tom hey the lightning speaking of the lightning they play at noon today in an exhibition game against the Florida Panthers so that'll be fun to watch as they begin to crank up uh, the process here now for the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs the Rays will be at Atlanta tonight they're going to try to continue their four game winning streak nice start by the Rays of course and Tom Jones will join us again tomorrow and talk about the lightning and the Stanley Cup 
We'll have all that and more tomorrow on the podcast. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.